Welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast, your weekly dose of strategies and mindset tools to build a business in alignment with your purpose and to get you playing a bigger game. I'm your host, Nicole Leno. Hello, and welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Leno, and I am here today with a special guest. This is our first time doing a human design episode in the last few months where I had a guest come on and really talk about this with me, another human design expert. And I'm very excited to have this particular one with me. Holly Marie is a 4-6 Blenick manifester. She's a spiritual teacher, and she is passionate about bringing transformation to manifestors. So you're, you're one of the first people that I've met Holly, who has really like, you've really specialized and said like, I'm going to work with manifest. I'm a manifester and I'm going to work with manifestors because it's such a unique experience. So I'm super excited to have you here. I'm really excited for this conversation and welcome to the show. Thank you for being oh, here. Gosh, thank you so much for having me. I love that introduction. That's like a, a cheerleader squad. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're welcome. And please tell everybody what what did I miss in there? I only gave you like a two line intro. What else would you like everybody to know? Introduce yourself to the audience. I th- I think you got pretty much all of it. I mean, I'm Holly, and I'm a four six splenic manifester. <laughs> um, I work in the realm of of spirituality and energetics. I actually come from a nursing background. I was a, a registered nurse lifetimes ago. Um, but of course, as a manifester and I have an undefined G center, I have been many, many, many things <laughs> to many different identities and followed many different pathways wherever my urges have taken me. Um, and where I've really landed over the last five to six years is working in this realm of energetics in business. And particularly in the last two and a half years, that's been in specializing in facilitating a community for manifestors. And that was... A, I just born out of an urge, purely just born out of a, a manifesto urge. I I uh, certified in human design and gene keys because I wanted to, because it was of interest to me, because my spleen said yes. So <laughs> off I went and did a certification. And and for me, that was about personal mastery. I mm-hmm. I understood that I was different, that I was rare, that um, the information that I'd learned so far about being a manifester was insightful, but it didn't actually integrate anything. And there was this kind of practicality part that was missing for me. So I went on my own specific conscious journey of mastery of myself as a manifester. Um, And coming through that and coming through certification, I got to the other end and thought, I mean, this stuff's cool. Like I should, I should integrate it into my content, right? I, I had a great uh, spiritual business coaching business, you know, talking to people about business and energetics and spirituality and mindset. And I thought, of course, human design's a natural fit. Um, but when I started creating content, I was getting angry every single time I was writing for anyone except manifestors. And I opened up, you know, limited chart readings. And every time I'd run people's birth info when they weren't a manifester, I'd be really disappointed. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you're a generator? Great. That's great. <laughs> I only want to talk to my people. <laughs> I really don't want to talk to you about this, but I know it's great for you. Um, and so I just I just started speaking to manifestors. And 
it's evolved. It's evolved into this kind of beautiful, thriving community um, for manifestors where they come and they learn and and feel seen. And I, it's a really remarkable thing to witness as a manifestor who has initiated something for other manifestors. And of course, to be surrounded by that much catalytic energy, it's it's pretty intense in the most marvelous way. I can imagine yeah. um, a whole community full of, of, of manifestors must be a very powerful group. And especially you're training them to really be in that power because that's, why don't you explain a little bit because we haven't had the, I have talked about the types and I've talked about them, but I've talked about them all together and we've focused on certain types, but we haven't focused on manifestors. So why don't you give everybody, because from the horse's mouth, you give them the overview of, of what is a manifestor, what makes them different. And you talked already about urge and and how your spleen speaks to your you know you got you get the urge and then your spleen said yes so can you run through a little bit of of that and how you explain being a manifester to yeah. people who are and to people who are not i sure can so for starters we're we're only 9% of the population so chances are you don't know many manifestors. There's probably not too many in your life. I mean, we're the second rarest type. So reflectors are at 1% and they're unicorns if you have one of those around. Um, a lot of people find that they may only have one or two manifestors in their life and have usually already identified that they're different, that these people are um, not necessarily weird, right? I don't mean different as in we're strange, but just our energetic frequency is is different. It's different to everyone else's. Um, and that's because we live behind a closed energy. So every other energy type, uh, based on the human design system, every other energy type has some sort of open energy. And so we have, you know, like you, our beautiful manifesting generators and our generators have this open, warm, enveloping energy. It's gorgeous. We can read you. We can feel you. We get excited. You're like sunlight for us. The projectors have this open and penetrating energy. So deeply into the detail, they see you in your soul and then they want to guide you to greatness. Our reflectors have this very kind of surprising delightful, there's a softness to the reflector energy. Manifestors, we are an energetic brick wall. So you come up in our space and you just kind of like hit us. Um, and we're, we can't be read because we're behind that closed wall. So what people tend to feel of us on the other side of that closed energy is the role of the manifestor, which is to initiate our energy initiates things. It's where we're like the uh, the firework, but we don't follow through. We're just the <laughs> we're just the firework. <laughs> so we catalyze, right? We we create things, commence things. We're the beginning of things. And in that relationship dynamic, a lot of people um either really love being around a manifester, even if you don't know the human design language, there are people you know, for me as a manifesto, there are people in my life who love being near that energy because it initiates them. Mm -hmm. It catalyzes them. You know, it, it pushes them to pursue their vision, to shake up their dreams, to do that shadow work, to, you know, upend their life and, and do amazing things. Or 
for other people, that's intense and way too triggering and they're not ready for it. They don't want it. Um, and so we talk about the, the manifesto energy type being either magnetizing or repelling. And I think we can definitely see the mechanics behind that. We can certainly see the reasoning for it. And as a manifesto myself, I know, I know that that's what happens outside of me. But the challenge for us as manifestors is that it's that's not under our control. That's a, a fully subconscious energetic exchange that's happening. So we are just people and we love connection and we love relationship and we love being seen and witnessed and recognized. However, some people just don't like us that, you know, that it, we're just too much. We're too much for them and that's pretty inexplicable and I think that's very hard for a manifesto to, to understand and to come to terms with. Um, once we do, though, once we really embrace that we're behind this closed energy, that we're here to initiate, we're here to be this catalyst, and additionally we're not here to follow through, we're not here to maintain things, to build things, we come into a whole new experience of life where we just kind of bounce around. We follow, like I mentioned before, we have urges. So we call them creative urges. And I think on the outside, they look a lot more sparkly than, than what they feel like to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, People they like, I want creative urges and I want to be able to initiate them. And it's like, ah, it's not all rainbows and sunshine over here. So pretty. Yeah. <laughs> The, the urges We're birthing are, things. It's kind of painful, actually. But we do, you know, these urges, energetically speaking, really come through from, I mean, there's a lot of different languages for it. They come through from that 5D energetic space. It's a universal connection, a collective connection, whatever you want to call it. Um, some people even feel that it's a connection with God, that it's a, a divine download that comes to us. But when we feel an urge, it's just personal. Our sense as a manifester is, I just want to do this thing. That's it. I, it's just because I want to. There's no reason for it. I don't see any value in it. I don't know what it's going to create or where it's going to end up or how it's going to be great for other people. I just want to do it for me. When we can allow that to happen and we pursue that, that's when we initiate these whole things. I mean, manifestors start businesses, communities, movements, institutions. Manifestors initiate these amazing things that have not been seen before and have not been done before. Um, The flip side of that is that then we go into what we call a rest cycle. So our creative urges come through in a creative cycle and once the initiation is done and the birthing is out, we crash really, really, really hard and we go into a very long rest cycle. So we sit in rest where we're not initiating anything and not doing it. I mean, we watch a lot of Netflix and if we're doing well, we might go for a walk. Um, (laughs) We do that for about 80% of our energy and 20% is our creative energy. So obviously that's very atypical for society and manifestors usually struggle with being in connection with that rhythm. Yeah. And it's, it, it, I, I want to talk a, a, 
Oh, I have so many questions and things to talk about. Um, one of the things that I think is really interesting. Um, well, first of all, how did you do with, you mentioned you were a nurse. That sounds like not the greatest career for someone with an energy cycle and energy resources, like a manifester. Did you, did you crash and burn doing something like that? Did you, did you know that something needed to change or did you stay in that kind of misaligned sort of role, not necessarily that the, the industry, but the, 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 the way you were using your energy did, how, how did that, if, if you don't mind talking about that just a little bit, like how did, how did you either, how did you break out of that or did you know right away? Oh no, I, I stayed in that pattern for a very long time. And I think a lot of manifestors do because we don't have no example of doing anything else. We don't, mm-hmm. I think the greatest irony is that Yes, even though we've got some really cool, famous manifestors around, they're all behind a closed energy. So you can't really pick up on what they're doing or how they're doing it. Um, What we see and what we get taught is that sacral way of living. So our generators and our manifesting generators where you guys can respond and engage and have a certain level of consistency and interaction with things. And and we just spend a really long time trying to force ourselves into that pattern. I think certainly for me, I mean, that was my first 30 years of life. I It was every profession regardless of where I went. And I did. I jumped. I jumped from profession to profession to profession, kind of looking for that holy grail mm-hmm. of um, at this that time, be different. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, at, at that time, it, it was not around this language. I didn't know this language, but it was about, oh, I would get burnt out and I would get bored of where I was. And I just could not make my energy show up for it. I couldn't, I'd get to a point where I'd sort of used up all of my reserves and couldn't force myself into it anymore. And then I'd get really sick. And mm. there were some times when I, in retrospect, thought I did really well and I would leave before I got sick and <laughs> think, well, that was wise, Holly. I Good made job. it. Uh, yes. <laughs> like this one, we've beat the curve. Um, but then I'd hop to another profession and it would be exactly the same after a certain period of time. So definitely nursing fell into that category for sure. And um there were a lot of, just a lot of elements of it that I loved. I loved it. It was as a, a, you know, without going into too much detail about human design, I'm a line four. So I'm all about connection, intimacy, relationships, helping people. I'm very altruistic when it comes to people and nursing nailed that. I mean, mm. that that's the whole industry. That's the whole job. And so that pushed me through for a really, really long time for several years until I just physically could not do it. And then that that lack of physical energy and eventually the lack of desire for it because then I was bored and it felt unfulfilling and it was empty and I was just angry. I was just mm. angry at all of it. Um and at that time I was having my kids, I have three kids. So at that, at the time I was nursing, I'd had my first two and it was a great excuse. It's a really, really good excuse <laughs> to leave. Cause I was like, well, I just, you know, I've got a baby and a toddler at home and shift work is not, not great for this, but I did spend a very, very long time 
um, looking at my colleagues, a lot of whom are still in the industry and loving it and thinking, why can't I be like that? You know, mm. why, why am I so flaky? Why can't I hold on to this? So I, I certainly criticize myself through every industry, through every career for a very, very long time, thinking that it was something wrong with me, that I couldn't make things stick. And I see that. I'm curious what what you noticed working with so many manifestors and being one yourself. Of course, I was going to ask you about the the four six and the community that you've built are sort of like this beautiful uh, merging of your four line and your manifestor energy and having that community. But I wanted to. Uh, what are the things that you notice when people come in? They first learn that they're manifestors. They first dive into human design. What are the things that you see most often with them as far as them being misaligned um, or how do they come to you? Are they coming to you because this is really interesting or are you finding most of them are are out of alignment because the world is so generator focused and you guys are not? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're the farthest from it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, I, I have found overall manifestors that certainly that come into my space, they're searching. You know, mm-hmm. it hasn't landed accidentally on them. They're tired. They're really, really tired and they're angry. And either, <laughs> yeah, they're pissed, right? They're, yeah, they're either like overtly angry, like that volcanic rage. They've already recognized that they're really angry at a lot of things, or they have just been carrying such a deep level of resentment about mm. everything for so long. And that's an enormous burden to carry for us. That's that's how we identify that we're out of alignment, that we're angry. But a lot of us have also been taught, particularly as children, because anger, manifest our anger is, oof, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. If you've ever been lot. around, yeah, an angry manifester, it's it's a a whole thing. It's um, probably how you can tell that you're near a manifester. <laughs> it's like if you felt the anger. There's nothing quite like it. I thought for sure my father was a manifester, but when I looked him up, he was a manifesting generator, which we have some of it, not quite the same, but you can, that that's often the, the confusion is like, oh, if it's not that, it's that. It's never like, oh, I think you're a manifester. It's like, nope, a projector. Like that doesn't really happen. <laughs> yeah, um, agreed. Agreed. But, but yeah, so that, that manifester anger, um, they're dealing with that and do you find that they have guilt about that thinking that there's something wrong with it? Why am I so angry all the time? Why am I, why am I like this? I I think rather than guilt, there's a very deeply internalized sense of shame. I think mm. we experience, especially female manifestors, uh, we have had just such repetitive social and, and family conditioning that says this is not okay. You mm-hmm. cannot be angry like this. You cannot express your anger like this because it is volatile and it's it's explosive. It just kind of vomits onto people all around you. Um, and so I, I find that a lot of manifestors that come into the community, yeah, rather than feeling guilty about that, they just a lot of times they're even shut off from that anger. We have some manifestors that come in and say, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not angry. No, I'm fine. <laughs> Are you peaceful? No. no. Well, well, when you put it that way, <laughs> yeah, you're probably angry. Um, and I, you know, that's a great kind of unraveling for us. There's 
that's usually the beginning of the thread. There's either this state of I'm so burnt out from trying to keep up with generators and manifesting generators and trying to fit myself into this box. And so I'm just physically gone. I'm I'm fatigued. I'm crashed. I can't keep going. And that's the point where they can kind of grab that thread and start unraveling. Or it's the anger that says, I know I'm doing all the right things, but I don't like any of it. Um, and certainly in my experience, you know, I think for me, the commencement of that journey into really understanding myself as a manifesto was because I had repeated the pattern so frequently of actually finding success, creating success. I had had successful careers, but more importantly, I built successful businesses and then not even felt remotely successful. It's like, if this is what success feels like, I don't want it because I'm tired and I'm angry and this cannot be what success is. Um, and so for me, I wanted, I wanted to dive into that. I wanted to experience what success actually was because what I was feeling was not correct and certainly it was different from what everybody around me was feeling when they succeeded. And so I'm curious about is it a, a, is it attainable for a manifester because you are so ne- unique you have these have the the creative and the rest cycle you have a limited amount of energy mm. you're meant to kind of come in, start things, be the spark, and then leave. How do manifestors find something that's truly aligned for them and learn to kind of ride their energy and be that, play their role, you know, what what manifestors are really here to do? Like, how do you start advising people and how did, or how did you find that groove for yourself? I think the key is always the energy cycle. It's always getting in connection with that energy cycle. Honoring the rest. Yeah, it has to be because they work in symbiosis with each other. So if we don't honor the rest fully, and and I when I say rest cycle for manifestors, it's not an afternoon nap. I mean our projectors can do so well with a daily nap. Um, even our manifesting generators, when you guys kind of go into this rest, I say you know in air quotes, it's just a sort of separation, right? It's a I need to just separate myself feel into myself, kind of get my groove, and then I'll come back in. For manifestors, our rest cycle is a void. It is, mm. it's physical exhaustion initially. And then we just moved into this kind of, it's like an emptiness. A lot of manifestors really struggle with feeling that they're depressed during this time because we're not initiating. We don't have any creative energy. Um, we don't really have a sense of direction forward. And that can last for months, just for months and months and months at a time. And that's incredibly challenging to honor. I, I hate to wash over that whenever we speak about it because it's so like, oh, the rest cycle isn't that lovely. Manifest is creating. And then it like, actually, <laughs> the rest cycle can be torture. It can be really hard because when you're not producing and you're not creating for four, five, six, seven, eight months at a time, especially when you are in your own business and 
the crux of business is that you create and you talk and you sell. I mean, that's inherently very destabilizing to us. And and without honoring that, without understanding it, without fully leaning in and kind of throwing ourselves off that cliff and saying, all right, I surrender then. Whatever the recycle is going to be, I surrender to it. Through that, I get reflection. I get recuperation. Usually towards the end of the rest cycle, that's when we start to piece some of the things together. Oh, right. This is what I discovered (laughs) during my rest cycle. Oh, now I get it. We do shadow work. We do healing. We do, you know, wounding work. And at the end of that rest cycle, we start to feel the next creative urge coming through. And that's when we know the rest cycle is over. But we never know what that next creative urge is going to be. So I think for for manifestors in any kind of career, certainly for manifestors in business, we need to have this structure around us that allows us firstly to honor long periods of rest without producing. And secondly, to be able to pivot and shift as soon as that creative urge comes through because it's going to take you in a completely different direction. It will. It will just move you into a a new space and you have to be willing to say, okay, all of those things I built in my last creative urge, they're gone now. And now I move on to whatever this next thing is and I fully surrender myself to that. I fully throw myself into that because it's going to initiate something remarkable. I just need to let it happen. Can you hand it off and delegate it where it doesn't have to leave your world? but it can stay attached to you. And is that how you've kind of grown what you do where you're at the top and you're, you're free to jump to the next thing, create something new while other people are overseeing and taking care of other things. Is that, has that been helpful for you? Yeah. I mean, that's the key. That's the key. Most manifestors um, and me as well, certainly in the first few years of of our our experiment or unknowingly just through our lives, we'll burn it down. So because once our creative urge has passed, once we've initiated, it's it's dead. It's like that that thing is so dead to me that it stinks like a carcass. Like I don't, I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm so bored that I want to throw up if I go anywhere near that. It's a remarkably like visceral <laughs> feeling. Um, and that happens to be usually right at the time that everyone else is getting excited about it because mm-hmm. we've initiated it, we've created it, we've talked about it, we've informed, we're out there and we're, you know, sparkly and jazzy and like there's this vision and jump on board. And when other people are catching on and saying, whoa, this is amazing, now I want to be there, the manifest is like, yeah, but I'm done. I'm over it. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be here. And so often, yeah, we'll we'll burn it down. We'll take a match to it, and we won't just walk away or hand it off. We'll say, "Oh no, that was a that was an identity that I'm done with, and I don't want to be anywhere near it." And part of that maturation process for us, definitely in business, is to say, "Okay, I don't have to burn down." the previous urge, I can really just hand it off to somebody else and let somebody else nurture it and facilitate it. And then we kind of move into a bit of an advocacy role, right? We kind of become um, 
collaborators. I found a lot of joy in having my team hold and love and nurture things that I previously created that I don't want to be in anymore. I don't want to participate in, but every six to eight months, I'll jump back in and just hang out with it a little bit and, you know, collaborate with it a little bit more. It's like, oh, I I did birth you. I did create you. And there's a sense of nostalgia here. It's just, I don't need to be at the helm of this anymore. Someone else can do that for me. Yeah. And that's where I've seen like in in my experience with manifestors where I've seen it work really well has been that where, and to me coming from it, from like the, the opposite perspective, it's always, particularly with manifestors, it's always your choice. Um, I'm there <laughs> to ask you. questions, leave <laughs> things, leave things hanging there and be like, you know, see what you, what you feel from that. But, um, but really being like, would it help you honor your rest cycle? to have this going and supporting you in the financial way, like that if you hate it and it feels so out of alignment for you, then, and you feel like that, you know, then then you do it, but would it feel more supportive to have it there and, and make you feel like you could really honor that break that you need that before the next thing comes, or are you going to freak out in that period between when you burned it down and the next thing comes and you're like, oh my God, how am I going to eat? And yeah, because where I, where I find and where I find that they've, they've gotten stuck is in that cycle of I'm in this never ending. I have this thing, it's running. I'm the one holding it up <laughs> because I I am the catalyst and the motor. Meanwhile, not really supposed to be the motor. And then they feel like they can't give it up. And they feel like they're stuck and they're angry about it. Yeah, 100%. There's a there's a journey that we need to go through around worthiness and acceptance and really stepping into um it's a very five line energy actually there's a lot of that boldness that a manifester needs to own to say hey this thing that i created even though i don't want it anymore and mm. i'm not participating in it and i made it under my name but now you don't get me in it you don't have me anymore actually i'm going to let that continue to bring me money indefinitely i'm going to let that financially support me and not just in small ways I'm going to let that financially support me in really big ways so that, hey, guess what? I can go and do other stuff that I really want to do. I mean, again, that's a very um, like Instagram worthy kind of vibe, right? It's very like bold and unapologetic and take no prisoners kind of thing. But the reality of that is that like most people, we have just so much conditioning around allowing ourselves to do that. So, yes, usually the cycle is that we will hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it until we hate it and then it stops selling and it stops working because we don't want to be there. We don't want to be doing this or something will perform really well and then we'll torch it and burn it down and we'll start from the very beginning again. And, like, you see manifestors with, like, 15 different social media accounts, Uh right? (laughs) (laughs) But I had another urge and I had another urge, like, Guys, you can really just stay in the one place and just let your audience come through the next journey with you. Say, hey, we're we're turning another corner now. 
you get to see what's on the other side of it. Just hang tight. I'll be back soon. And it, it is, it's, it is such a powerful and a kind of one word that I like to use for manifestors, because I do think that they, um, you hear manifestor, you hear like you're a manifestor and people are like, cool. Cause <laughs> it, it, it sounds, and you know, it's like, you're kind of the top of the totem pole. You're, you have this divine energy, um, but you guys, you're a force mm. and, and forces, some people are going to like, I particularly really enjoy the energy. Like I, I I'm sort of in awe of manifestors, the way that they move, the way that they like, when they're in alignment, I'm just like, you guys are miraculous. Um, <laughs> but, but then there's also then just don't, don't get them angry because you want to be, <laughs> you want to be out of that space. Ever. Mm-hmm. But, but there's um, like, there is such power. And that's, to me, that's what human design is so powerful for is that it shows you what your specific power is. It shows you like some of us, like, and, you know, people who have lots of openness um, and projectors. And I have my, my best friend from high school, I found out as a reflector, which made oh, so much wow. sense after I heard that she, she wrote me one day, she was like, so I found out on this. And I was like, oh my goodness. I'm like, oh my God, of course you are. I like this changes everything. <laughs> no, I like it, it made me look again through another lens at her whole life and our whole life together. But having all of that openness, um, your power lies in you taking in other people's stuff and being super wise about it. And the the power of the manifester, um, and just like you teach energetics, you've worked with business energetics. It really is about harnessing it and it's about how you ride that power. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. isn't powerful if you're not using it the way it's intended to be used. It's almost like you're missing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the the fundamentals of of any human energetic experience is that we only have two choices: it's resist or surrender. That's it. Those the experience is going to happen. The energy is going to be there from that human design lens, looking at any part of your chart, but certainly looking at your energy type. That's the energy that's flowing. That's what's moving. That's what is coming through you. So you can resist that and you can fight it and you can struggle with it and push against it. And that's where all of your energy goes. And that creates not only misalignment, but it usually creates chaos and destruction around you. I think that um, misaligned manifesting generators are an amazing example of that because you guys are like this volatile force of nature. You're phenomenal. And when you're out of alignment, when you're resisting your energy, you can create huge destruction. But when you're in alignment and you're surrendering to that, the multitasking and the jumping around and the doing lots of things at once, I mean, you're majestic. Just, you know, this ability to create things so quickly, um, to maintain things for a little while, to, to do lots of those things at once, right? And the same can be said of every single energy type. If we can surrender to the energy that's moving through, that's where we grab the power. That's, that's when we move through it. 
and it will be counterintuitive with every energy type, whatever you want. It's like, if you're blonde, you want to be a brunette. If you're (laughs) brunette, you want to be a redhead. Like we're never happy with what we, we are or what we have. We always want something else. The grass is always greener. So there's always going to be something that you're like, I wish I were this. I mean, I want to be every type because I've, I've, I dive, (laughs) I, I go into all of them and I'm just like, God, they're all so beautiful. But, um, but the, the the thing that's counterintuitive that I think that everybody needs to, every type needs to get through is that we think by surrendering to the type that we'll lose something. Yeah. And it's true. Maybe some things will fall off. Maybe some things will, because things are going to rearrange, mm. but you want them to, because you wouldn't be diving into this if you were blissfully happy. You know that something isn't right. You know that something you're, you know that you could be working more in alignment, that things could feel better, that things could be better. And it's, it's, it's having the courage to let go and surrender and say, I trust. And one of the things that was super powerful for me, because as an emotional MG, um, to slow down and speed up, like how can I harness, it's like riding two wild horses at, (laughs) at the same time. And for me, the, the answer was like to, to give myself permission to slow down so that I could move fast when it was truly aligned for me. And I couldn't know what that was, what that timing was without Mm -hmm. being grounded and being able to slow down. And with my open route and stuff, like I really had to just, I had to chill and it took a while to, to get into that space and learn to navigate this, this new energetic field. And so for, for anybody who's listening, whatever, whatever it is that you're afraid of letting go of, whatever it is you're afraid of surrendering to what human design does is it gives you something to trust in that. Mm-hmm. Cause what's right for you. I hear, Oh, someone else quit their job and burned it all down. This person retired their husband. This person did this. And you're like, but which one is right for me? What is, what's going to be the path for me? And human design at least gives you something to say like, well, this is the right, this is the energetic blueprint for you. This Mm -hmm. is probably going to be where you start and you start to listen and look for these signs and you start to wait for these things to become present before you move again. And instead of feeling bad about needing to rest, you just do it and you tell everybody to fuck off. That thinks that it's not the right, the right way for you to be, you know, and depending on your type, this is, this is, that's what I think is so beautiful about it is that it does give you something and it speaks to your soul when you hear it and someone is like, well, how would it feel if you did this? How would it feel if you trusted this? And you're like, oh, I knew it all along. Mm. It was there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I could talk to you all day, but <laughs> but we do have to wrap this up. This was such a great conversation and I'm so happy that I was able to have the manifester intro for the audience and to do it with you, someone who's just an expert, not only for yourself, but in all the people that you work with, the fact that you specialize in this community. I'm really grateful that you were here to have this convo with us. Thank you for being oh, here. Thank you so much. It's an honor. It's a joy. Thank you for sharing your energy and thank you for giving me space to chat. Beautiful. Well, tell everybody where can they stay in touch with you? Where can they learn more about you, your work, and and how they can how can they do do more with you? 
So we are on Instagram at The Manifesto Community. Very easy to find. Lots and lots of manifestors. Welcome to the wall (laughs) of initiating energy as soon as you come in. Um, And we have plenty of resources for manifestors, whether that's, you know, free products or paid courses. Um, At the moment, we are opening for round three of our Manifesto Mastery Certification. So it's our it's our biggest, it's a beast. It's a nine-month program um, where people can either come through just for their own personal journey of mastery as a manifesto, or they can actually come through and certify in human design, gene keys, and with a manifesto specialty focus on it. Um, and so we have a lot of people come through and end up as readers on our reader platforms. They create their own human design businesses. I mean, manifestors just do the most weird and wild and wonderful <laughs> things. So I can't even categorize them <laughs> down to boxes. But we're we're really excited to bring round three of that back. And that will be that's open now. I think our our doors just opened yesterday. So that's kind of where all of our energy is going at the moment. Beautiful. Well, we will link all of that up in the show notes. So you can hop on over there to the show notes and be magically transported over to all of Holly's, uh, all of Holly's places that she just mentioned. And thank you for being here. Holly, thank you for being here. And thank you, listener, for making it all the way to the end of this conversation and being a part of it with us. We appreciate you. And remember, you're only limited by the limitations that you accept. And when you stop accepting those limitations, that is when you become limitless. So go out there and be limitless, my people. I will see you in the next episode. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you want to stay in touch with us, we would love to have you as a part of our Facebook community, Practical Manifestors. It's a community for process-driven women looking for clear and actionable steps to embodying a life of wealth and alignment. Join us at Practical Manifestors in Facebook or go to www.innerceogroup.com.